again, Pastor Deborah here, and this is another episode of the King's King and Kingdom series. I hope you enjoy this teaching. One more little bitty step, one more little bitty layer into spiritually understanding who you are, who others are, what a king is, what a kingdom is, and how it is to be here in us, rule this system of spirit, soul, and physical body, and on the earth, in the world, to rule nations and governments and lands. But before I begin, I have to check with my ushers. We are in a class, and we all want to make sure everybody's here and seated. And so I have to go check with some living creatures. Uh, yes, Mr. Draft? Bluebird, is everybody here? You brought them? Okay, great. We had to wait. I had to check with my wonderful, wonderful living creatures because they also come and learn about their creator. We are currently in the spiritual garden of Eden. It's on planet Earth. The door is open. There is a share of them out there. And only those people or those creatures who are allowed to come in will be allowed to come in if their heart is seeking. Some things will not be allowed to come in. The garden is a place where there's lots of teaching getting to know uh, God's creations, getting to know who one is, what the original concept for creating a human was, and the government that was to run its system of itself and then run the planet Earth and all that's on it. So let's begin. Today's title of the King and Kingdom series is where do words live? As you know, we've been talking a lot about words. What are they? What, what do they do? What do they carry? How do they work in our lives? The reason I'm spending a lot of time on words is that is how we communicate with each other, whether the words are verbal, through our eyes, through our feelings, they are a form of communication. And how do we know what is going on if we don't know about words? So, point one, you know me, I love my little three points. One, where do the words live? In one's heart. Well, which heart are we talking about? Are we talking about my biological, physical heart that's a pump, that pumps blood? Does it live there? Does it live in my biological brain that is working through neurochemical electrical signals, synopsis, neurons, hormones, all the elements, neuron, iron, Oxygen, water, is that where a word lives? Is that my heart? 
my biological brain. Some people call this our mind. Other people call it our heart. But they get all mixed up because they're, they say this heart here, but they mean this heart. Which heart? But you know, there's one more heart. There's one more part of us, the spiritual heart, the very heart and mind of our forever person who is totally different, lives in a different realm, but it has a mind, it thinks, it hears, it lives in that spiritual realm. But where do these words live? What words are you talking about? When I'm talking to you like this, my biological mouth is opening up. I am speaking to you. Your biological ears are hearing, sort of. If you're hearing the spirit, then my spirit is the one that's talking to you, which usually is doing that all the time. And it's coming through, being filtered through my soul that does not interfere with it, does not add any defilement to it, any particles of itself with it. It is just the filter, the mesh, the vehicle from the spirit to the biological body and out. Originally, that's how it was supposed to be. The soul, the subconscious part of us, was to be a helpmate. The spirit does not usually contact the spirit, the earthly realm. It stays in the spirit realm. But when it, but, and I'll tell you a little story. So you'll understand this a little better about the spirit versus the biological body. I had been in a personal ministry session with a young 16-year-old girl. I think it was my very first one. And we were doing what you called casting out of some things that didn't belong in her. I kind of just held the ponytail as she puked in a garbage can. And when she started puking, I looked in the can. Ooh, it was some of the ickiest black stuff I had ever seen. I had never seen that in all the puke I had ever seen from my child, husband, myself, other people. This was not normal. Now, all I said was, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the, by the blood, in the name. That's all I did. I was not the coordinator, the leader. So I come home. Now, we did this for about two hours. I come home. It's about 11, 12 o'clock at night. Come into my kitchen. I sit down. I fix a plate of food, some chicken or something to eat, because I had fasted before the session, and I turned on TV. And I looked down, and I realized I was looking down on my plate from high up about halfway to my ceiling, and I'm looking down, and I hear myself speak that says, 
I don't need that. I don't eat that kind of food. And then I saw myself, this part of me, look at the TV and said, I don't watch TV either. And then it sort of slipped back down into me. I didn't realize, but during that personal ministry session, I had been deep into the spirit realm. My spirit was at work. And when I came home, it was still sort of up, alive, active. It was still up here, still in that realm. Now, I did not know that. This was my first one. I had no idea. But I learned about two valuable lessons about my spirit. When you're doing spiritual ministry and you're dealing with spiritual things to help people spiritually, your spirit must be at work. It's spirit to spirit. We would have the young 16-year-old body, but we're working with her spirit in there to get some spiritual things that were not nice out of it. And we were all doing it by our spirits. So pure spiritual ministry, not like mental health counseling. So I come home and my spirit was still sort of, I don't know what you would call it, out of that realm, but it wasn't settled back down in me yet. And it let me know it does not eat earthly chicken and food. It does not survive on that. And it does not watch television. Oh, this is interesting. So I had two parts of me. I did not know during the personal ministry session that I was deep in the spirit. I'm just saying by the blood, the name, and you know, I didn't know any difference. Had no clue. But I came home and I had to be shown that when you are doing spiritual work, it is by your spirit. It is by words against things. You're using authority and power of words of your spirit. So when I tried to then sort of just, you know, flip into a regular midnight snack, my spirit let me know that is not the food that I eat. And I don't watch television. So I learned when I eat earthly food, my spirit is not eating. And when I watch television, my spirit is not engaged. Unless I'm directed to do that. Now to go along with words and your spiritual heart where this connects, tell you another story. I was in a church, been going there, praise and worship was beautiful. And I had no problems with the teaching or anything. But this day I got in there and the pastor, he started talking to everybody about the goals and the missions of the church, the plans they had for the next year, the orphanages and the teachings and all of this. It sounded so wonderful. And he said, if you want to be a part of our big vision that we have planned for the church, join us. Come and join us and be a part of the, the church and the ministry. I thought it was excellent that he did such a wonderful job explaining the mission, the ministry, that I could have a clear decision whether I wanted to be a part of it or not. 
I had no trouble. I thought he did great. Excuse me, my nose. So I go to my car. I'm waiting for my son. He's at another church to go to lunch. I turn on the radio. And I'm listening to another pastor somewhere in the area teach on angels. So I'm just listening, paying attention, listening closely with my spiritual heart. And I hear these words. You didn't get fed today. I go, what do you mean? You did not get fed. Now, I thought I did. I thought I, my spirit was getting fed spiritual information about what the church was doing, its spiritual mission, how they were going to help people and build orphanages and missions around. I thought I was getting spiritually fed, but God said no. But as I was listening closely, paying attention to this preacher on the radio talking about angels, I'm just listening. I see my spiritual hand reaching over to my console, picking up something, a piece of meat. It was like a piece of chicken or lamb, and this is what I was doing. While I'm just sitting there listening, my spirit was being fed meat of the word. My spirit is eating. Because what God said, I went to this church, and I was to be have a plate set before me, a banquet table. And I was to sit down, my spirit, and it was to eat. It was to have meat or vegetables or food. So I, my spirit would grow through words. But I went there, went to the buffet table, I guess. There's no plates, there's no food. And I walked away not having been fed. So to God, that wonderful explanation of the ministry and what they were doing to him was nothing. It did nothing for my spirit. It did not give me words that would help feed my spirit and grow. It was not baby food. It was not milk. It was nothing. I walked away spiritually, didn't get to eat. So I'm sitting in the car. Now I'm eating chicken lamb meat pure protein for my spirit while i'm listening to this pastor teach on angels i don't know what he said god knew all of a sudden a golden hand and cup shows up he says now that you have eaten i can have holy communion with you one union because you've now eaten now drink so I'm sitting here, you wouldn't see anything, my hands were down, but my spirit hand was drinking out of a golden sparkling goblet, real wine, spiritual wine. And now I was having holy communion, common union, taking in food and wine, the blood of the, in the spirit, and he said, now you have been fed. I go, oh, dear. So I learned a valuable lesson that day. That I can go and hear people talk about wonderful ministries 
and what they're doing with orphanages and schools and be very impressed and think very highly of them and they do a great job but there's no spiritual food in that for my spirit and you walk away missing a meal hungry poor lacking didn't get fed the spiritual food that day so i had to learn valuable lessons about words where they were for in that church the words he was speaking was for my soul the subconscious that part of me but not my spiritual but when i was in that personal ministry session i had no clue that i had stepped into the spiritual realm and i was using my spirit i was saying words and I had to be shown by my own self, my spirit, that it does not eat earthly food. And it does not watch television unless it is directed and there's something spiritual on it that I'm to watch. Then it will watch it and be revealed the spiritual behind it. So where do words live? If you get them, they live in your spirit two places they will live in your biological brain in chemical electrical memories they will live in your subconscious person the part of your soul the part that's carnal in nature that thinks all spiritual stuff is foolish will live there if it's those kind of words if it's spiritual words will go to the spiritual heart so behind all the words there's two realms there is a realm of the natural where words will live in your subconscious they will be restored up here in your biological memory and then there are the spiritual words now they can come from the spirit of life the kingdom of heaven but they can come from the other guy. Everybody's talking. Every being, every creature, every angel, every cat, dog, giraffe, element. The trees talk. The flowers sing. The earth talks to us. Everything has a voice. But the only way they can live is they have to get in your heart spiritually. Then you have to decide if those words are of the flesh, the carnal nature, just for the subconscious, which, is, which works with your biological body and this biological brain. Or are they spiritual? Well, how do they live in us? Either part. We have to pay close attention. We have to have good hearing. But some of us have dullness of hearing. Our ears have been shut. We're deaf. Some of us were born deaf, spiritually. Some of us do this. We don't want to hear that. In the natural, some people are have deaf issues, have infections, fevers. They're born deaf. 
And they have to learn how to hear with their hands and hand signals or reading braille. Okay? Reading lips. But you have to pay attention. Well, what happened if you have something like ADD? Attention Deficit Disorder. And you are fleeting in your thoughts. You can't focus on anything. And you can't pay attention for long periods of time. And your brain and your thoughts are just moving all around. Well, you won't be able to store anything. The words won't be able to live. They won't be able to get planted even in your subconscious. Because you're fleeting. You're not paying attention. You're not absorbing. They're not getting in. And if you're not hearing spiritual words from people who are teaching to your spirit, it is just not learning. And if your spirit is asleep, or if it's in a trance, or it's being held in a dungeon cells, okay, or it has it is death by whatever reasons, the spirit cannot hear. Now, also, I'll tell you another story about spiritual hearing and also hearing in the natural. I was working with this young girl. I think her name was Amanda. And I was talking to her outside of church, and I said something. And I knew, repeat back to me what I just said. And I do this often. Because what I say out of my mouth, the exact words, they don't hear. She did I said that I said, that's not the words I said. She said, but that's what I heard. And she told me that sometimes there's a scrambler that's between me and her, sort of standing like this. So I speak, I'm doing it right, but it will scramble what comes so you hear something else. How can it do it? It catches the words. Words are spiritual. And it changes them or leaves some of them out. Somebody said, like, if I sent you an email and I wrote something, and when it got to you, it was changed. Somehow something got left off. You didn't get the right message. Now, we just learned here in America about some FBI guy changing an email to say that some guy named Mr. Page, I think, was not a CIA guy. He changed the email to say that when this man was a CIA agent, he changed the email to say he was not. And then they presented that to the highest security court, the FISA court. He lied. He was a scrambler of the truth. So they could get done what they wanted, but they lied to do it. So in between you and me and people when we talk, there are scramblers. You've been there and changed. Somebody says something and worked ten people down. The last person doesn't even repeat the words we said. It changes through people. They only hear little bits of it. And what they hear is not the word that was said. So when you are trying to hear something and the words that are told to you desire to live in you good or bad you have to be able to pay attention so I always had to check you repeat to me what I just said I do that with my husband because he can't hear that well he has to read my lips sometimes 
And what I mean, I said, I didn't say that. He goes, but that's what I heard. And when you hear something different, your brain, your biological brain and your soul will interpret the concepts of that different than what the meaning was because you didn't hear. Now, what I also learned about hearing and words coming in biologically, which also means spiritually, my father about, oh, 89, 90, was having hearing problems, so he went and got a hearing test. When they gave him the hearing test, one, hearing certain sounds, pitches, and words was difficult for his hearing system. So, and on top of hearing it, the comprehension of the word, like if I said dog, he may have gotten duh or heard og, but he, his brain, he was getting older, and he didn't have the comprehension and the understanding from hearing. So hearing is not only hearing, but it's comprehending, it's understanding what you've been told or said or listened to. And if the brain is not working right, you won't hear the word right, therefore you won't have the right concepts. So in spiritual work, the other side knows this. They will put they, something in between you and me and they will scramble filter the words. So time it gets to you, it's not even what I said. Or if you have them inside of you, you might hear what I say, but the comprehension spiritually is not there. And the reason is they don't want you to hear the words of spirit and life. They want you to spiritually be ignorant, not know what the truth is, get bits and pieces. They don't want your subconscious to know the truth. They want you to be deaf, dumb where you cannot speak, and blind. So that they can control you. So how do words live in your heart, either your subconscious or your spirit? One, you have to hear them. But if you get real good in nonverbal communication, you can hear a word through a look. But that is another thing to study is nonverbal communication. How? By paying attention. What happens if your attention span is short? You start reading a book and you fall asleep. The, your phone, cell phone rings. You got to go to the bathroom. You feel agitated. The doorbell rings. The kids come in. The dog barks. You can't pay attention because your attention is being distracted. So distraction but spiritually and the natural is there. That is why when we go to school, our teachers want us sitting down, being quiet, so that she can teach, your brain can think. And that's why people with ADD have a trouble. Their mind, their biological mind is just going like, they don't hear anything. They're not paying attention. Two, how does it live in us? First, we have to pay attention. Sometimes you have to ask, is that what you said, Pastor Deborah? Could you repeat it again? 
That's why a lot of times teachers would have us write things down 10 times. Practice our spelling. Practice it, practice it, practice it. Okay, number three, listening closely. Well, isn't that paying attention? No. Paying attention means you're getting ready to speak, and I'm going to be quiet while Pastor Deborah talks. I'm not going to be thinking about something else except hearing and absorbing, contemplating. That is what paying attention is. Listening closely is, I got my listening ears on, I pushed all distractions away, and I'm just going to listen. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to ponder. And then I have to understand. A lot of times, me and my dictionary be very close. You may not understand a word I'm talking about. Well, isn't listening the same as hearing? No. I can put a sound to my ear. And the sound waves will travel and my eardrums and all that will hear a sound. Could be a foreign sound. Could just be music. We'll hear it. Doesn't mean I understand what it's saying. Doesn't mean I know where it's coming from. Or if it's saying anything, I have no comprehension. But I can hear. We do this all the time. Yeah, I hear you. I heard what you said. I heard some noise. I heard you talking, but I have no clue what you said. I wasn't paying attention anyway. I don't want to do it. But I heard you. So when we ask people questions, did you hear what I say? They'll go, yeah, I heard you. Then you should say, tell me what I said. Tell me what you believe I said. Repeat it back to me. And usually they can't do it in the natural. So in the spiritual, it's even harder because your spirit could be asleep. It could be fearful. It could be in a trance. It could have a death and dumb spirit hanging around it. It could have closed itself off like this. It doesn't want to hear anything. We don't know yet. But there is hearing in both the natural world and the spiritual. And I had to learn this. And I had to be very untuned that my spirit must be able to hear other spiritual beings talking. How did I learn that was natural and normal? I read the Bible. And I would hear that Jesus could perceive, understand, hear people talking, but they weren't saying anything. He could hear them thinking because he could hear their spirit and their subconscious person talking with inside of them. He went that deep in there. And he said, you are to do that kind of work. But you have to get your spirit ready. You have to know about spirit talking and voices and all kinds of things. And then you have to, uh, of course, in the mental health world, they think if you hear voices like that, you're definitely got a problem. Some pastors... Thank God does not talk to us. And if you hear him inside of you or an angel or something, you need to go to the mental health clinic and get some medicine because he doesn't do that. Other people say you don't need any visions, you don't need any dreams, no personal experience, no healing, no nothing. Just believe he does. Be satisfied with no personal experience. Now I had to learn over the years that there's many 
of people that are like that. I don't get mad at them. I locate where they're at, and that's called a baby Christian. They're still a carnal baby Christian, and they're not a mature one yet. But they will be up there, and they're all part of the family. So I don't get mad at them. I don't get offended. I just don't pay any attention to them, and I just move on. How are we doing here? So, listening closely. You must learn to say, could you repeat that again? What did you mean by that? Now, that is with their spoken words. Okay. Now, the other type of word that you must learn about is nonverbal communication. Words and symbols and signals. That's a whole other teaching. But right now, we're just talking, where do they live? There's two kinds of world, and there's two kinds of words, two kinds of hearts. And they will live in your, uh, up here, excuse me. They'll live in your mind and in your subconscious person, the ones that the counselors and mental health work with. And they're also in the spiritual. And this one's going to kind of be short today because I got to go and do a lot of stuff. But I wanted to bring how the hearing, paying attention, and how listening, and even in the natural, if your attention is diverted by many different things, you cannot hear. And if you are deaf, you must learn how to hear with other things. If you have to read lips, ask questions, uh, go, I don't understand, what are you trying to tell me? And you have to practice and learn. So... This one's a short one for today because it's raining. i got to go feed some cats and get dinner. Husband has a hockey game tonight. So where do words live? They live in two places because there's either the carnal, natural word, which will live in, come in through your natural ears to your biological brain. They will live in your subconscious. That's connected here in your biological. Then there's the words of spirit and life. And they are a whole different realm that we have to study. But first, we're getting foundation about words, their life, how we hear, how we listen, how we understand what's being said, the two realms that they're in, and what could interfere with that. Because you cannot understand the king and the kingdom until you and understand the purpose of words and why you need to read and listen and pay attention and what they're trying to do and why do some people uh, have to have fairy tales and they watch movies because that's their children spiritually and why do a lot of people love picture books and just ball games okay it's easy but the hard stuff okay and if your biological brain has had any kind of deficiency due to whatever reasons it may not be up to earthly hearing good, listening, comprehending, and understanding. Does that mean that your spiritual is the same? It can be. Because for a long time, your spirit is married to one with your soul, your subconscious. And they are. Now, this guy is not getting a lot. He's asleep more. He's a baby. He can't even pass anything to this guy but this guy your soul is dominating covering like the foreskin of a penis the the uh, duck 
and it will not let light and truth come in. And it has to have what we call the Hebrews 4.12 experience where you take and they're separated out so they can be, this one, the spirit can be attended to. And I will tell you another story that just happened. There's this young lady and she's closing off uh, everybody but a few people in her life and her, her spirit comes to me. Of course, we have two different names because these are multiple personalities. And the Spirit says, she won't listen to me. She won't let me shine my light of love on. She's got all the doors closed. Spirit's trying to talk to the soul. But the soul has closed all the doors, blocked it off. How do I get this good stuff I'm getting from you and the garden to her? I had to pray and knock the door down. I had to take the locks off so the light from the Spirit could shine to the soul and bring some healing because it had shut itself in, okay, locked itself away from everybody, and the Spirit itself could not get in there. So I had to do some work, and it's working. Just, just I told her, just stand in the doorway and let your light sort of just shine in. had another case of, this was Amanda. And she had just gotten out of the car and went into a 7-Eleven store. Her spirit came back and said, please help me. If she doesn't stop her behaviors, smoking, doing drugs, having sex, we're going to die. And I said, yes, you are. How do I do it? I said, you need to talk to yourself, the other part of you, and tell her, no, we're not going to do that. And her spirit said, if I do that, and I sort of bring to her consciousness don't do that. The Spirit said, I'll get in trouble. So now what do you do? You have a, a, a system out of control. One part of it is fearful, and one of it's doing whatever it wants to do. It's very destructive. Some in this other girl, she's locked herself soul up, tied it up, gotten away from everybody except a few people. She won't even let her spirit come in with love. So I have to do some work. So there's all sorts of things going on with us. We have a powerful, mighty system, and it gets broken, it gets wounded, it gets hurt, it needs education. I'm here to help the spirit get stronger so we can work with the soul. And if you hear this, sometimes it's coming through the soul. So we're doing some work. So this King and Kingdom series where do words live? One in one's heart, in your biological subconscious person, and in chemical electrical up here, physically. Two, how do they live? They live by us paying attention to them. We give them life and we give them memories, we give them place. When we pay attention to the words that are said to us, when we take heed to them, when we meditate on what was just said, when we remember what was just said. And three, by listening carefully and closely to what the words said. And if we don't understand what they meant, we ask somebody. So we have the proper understanding comprehension. And that has to happen both in the natural and in the spiritual. So enjoy this one, I have, I think there's going to, I don't know if I can get this up today, probably can't. 
uh, we'll keep moving. I'm hoping to have this up on a podcast called the King and Kingdom series. Also got hopefully setting the captives free podcast going up, and one more the the King's International Spiritual Care University. Uh, my son, my IT department. Uh, it's going to have to create those RSS feeds and get them on up so I can put all the podcasts so I can separate out all these topics. So enjoy and learn about words, how they come into our system, both the natural and spiritual, what they're trying to do, how we help them out, whether like, are you getting fed? Do you understand? Are you comprehending? Are you paying attention? Are you taking notes? It's all important. That is why a lot of us need to learn this and we need to go over and over it again because like I said with my stories, hey, I just thought I was doing sort of a counseling session just saying the word and I was in the spirit. And then I learned about myself. It does not eat earthly food. So anytime you eat earthly food, your spirit is not eating. When I, Every time I watch TV, the news, football, it is not my spirit. I ain't even paying a bit of attention, doing nothing for that. And then at the same time, there can be a scrambler between me and you and anybody else, the teachers, and what they're trying to get to you, to get into your brain, to get into your heart, to get into your mind, your subconscious or your spirit, there's a scrambler. You're not getting the right message. And you interpret it differently from your life and your concepts. So that's what this episode was about today. Begin the process. Learning. Hearing. Paying attention. How do words live in us? They get started as paying attention. Listening closely. There's a scrambler getting him out of the way. Asking questions. Enjoy. You want me to do a prayer for people who might be dullness of hearing? Okay. Father, your word says that you came to set captives free. That they would take this dullness of hearing. Father, apply the Hebrews 4.12. Do a circumcision on them. Separate the soul from the spirit. Get that wax grossness off of them. Make their ears to hear your words. Their blind eyes to see your words. Father, this is why you came. To heal the deaf and the blind. Father, help them so they can hear your words. And their spirits can grow and learn. And also help their subconscious person. So they can love learning they love teachers. Help them to pay attention, to listen carefully, and to love school. We thank you, Father, that you sent your word to heal them, to bring healing to their spirits that might be deaf and dumb that cannot talk and blind, and to do a Hebrews 4.12, apply the spiritual sword separate the soul from the spirit 
and begin a mighty work. In the name of the word of the living God, Christ Jesus, the Son of God himself, who is agape love, who is life, who is spirit, who is truth, in his name and nature, be done. God bless all of you. See you again next time on the King and Kingdom series. Pastor Deborah, signing off for today. Thank you and God bless you.